Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. It's Around the Dial for Tuesday, January the 15th. I'm your host, D.A., and yesterday was supposed to be a bright day in Jets history. Brand-new head coach Adam Gase introduced to the fan base and the media and all of New York City. And there was Jets CEO Christopher Johnson, and there was GM Mike McCagnan, and there was the Jets logos behind them. And a supposed bright celebratory day turned into a day of mockery. Adam Gase taking the podium and being asked questions looked like he wanted to be anywhere but being introduced as Jets head coach. It looked like he was searching frantically with his eyes for some type of exit strategy. It looked like he had been taken hostage by the Jets front office. It looked like he was waiting for an alien invasion and wondering how he was going to escape the premises. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere but right there, right then, and for that team. And so, as you might imagine, go figure. The New York media had some thoughts on this. Here is Boomer and Geo on WFAN in New York. Let me be the first to welcome Adam Gates to New York. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to your new job and welcome to where, you know, there are 10 million people that are so focused in on you that no matter what you say, how you say it, what you look, I mean, just, they'll always find something. So, uh, it's a uh, it's a very unfortunate situation. I, I I guess I'm assuming that he was probably a little bit nervous. Yeah, I guess so. Now he wears a hat most of the time when he's on the sideline, after games, before games, after practice, when he talks to the media. So it's a rare occurrence when he doesn't have the hat on. Well, so maybe he realizes that he has this tendency to do this and, or whatever that is. I'm not really sure. I don't know either what that is. Now, I mean, I, so I, uh-huh. a couple of things. So in the in the post this morning uh there was a little blurb on this a guy named michael blinn said he talked to somebody who covered gase and said that it is not health related so we can get that out of the way it was not a health related thing i texted uh Stu Gotts down in miami who is covered he works on the lebitard show he's covered him for years and he's a jets fan i said what's going on with this guy is this a normal thing and he said it's totally normal and he gets extra crazy after losses the way he looks so like this apparently is a thing we just didn't know about it and it got really bad yesterday so I- i've seen it i've seen it in post game press conferences now sometimes when he wears his hat like when he went after when he was getting tired of talking about Ryan Tannehill right I, you could see it. I think it's just a natural. Uh, well, it's it's a natural reaction for him. Yeah, it's totally uh, unnatural looking. Uh, well, well, yeah, but it's it's just something that goes on with him. I think yesterday maybe a little nervous. Uh, it was a kind of really bland press conference. Oh, I mean, it was like awful. And then yeah. of course they broke it down into smaller uh, smaller sessions, I guess, and guys could ask more direct questions and everything else. But yeah, it just it 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 it, it didn't. You know they talk about it, and I hate saying this. Winning the press conference, or oh. I mean, I, it was like nothing. This was horrible. It, it was nothing it's at all. Bad I mean, as it it's gets. like, all right, I was really excited to see it and hear it, and everything was going to go on. But I, look, 
it's the proof is going to be in the performance, not in the press conferences. You know, it's not going to be in the eyes, yeah, the no it, eyes, or whatever. I mean, it's going to be in whether or not they win football games. Look, there's no getting around it. That was as ugly of an introduction as any head coach has ever had in New York City. It's a uh, it's a very unfortunate situation. It's a town that has a lot of scrutiny. It's a city that has been pounding on that franchise for a long time, and rightfully so. And so you want to have something to be positive about. At the same time, it should be noted, there's been guys within that franchise that have won the presser, won the press conference, won the soundbite, and been terrible as head coaches. Herm Edwards, Rex Ryan, these guys were great with one-liners and pithy comments, but they couldn't get the job done when it mattered. Rex Ryan did get to two AFC title games, but ultimately that whole thing fizzled as well. So maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is a good sign that the guy that didn't need to win the press conference could be the right man for the job. But let's face it, that was as uncomfortable a head coach has ever looked in what was supposed to be a happy day for him. And so his former town, Miami, where he was the Dolphins head coach for three years, looked upon Adam Gase's gaze and said... Yeah, good luck with all that. Here's 560 WQAM in South Florida, the Joe Rose Show. Let's listen in. I watched the entire well, press conference start to finish. I could not believe some of the faces. All I could think of was how many people, and I'm watching Twitter on my computer while this is happening, how many people are going to start posting pictures of Adam, and then it just started, and it wouldn't stop. He did it the second he sat down. The second he sat down. I well, mean, because we, we had him down here for a while, obviously. Like, it looked like he was on ecstasy the way his eyes were. Like, he was looking around, trying to follow something around in the room. Like, he saw, like, a, like know, a fairy gnat. or something. Like a gnat. He, he literally just does not, and he's not. It, not that he looks. He's just not comfortable in in that setting at all. No, you could tell. And he was rolling his eyes, and then, you know, you literally take a picture, and it was bug eyes. It was a strange look out of him. That you're looking up and you see those those pictures were coming out. Forget the video. You see the pictures, and and it looks like anxiety just all over him. Like God, I got to get out of here. Yep. Just oh, uh, what questions coming next? What are they going to ask me? Jeez, my offense was terrible last year. I didn't win enough games. Uh, why am I here and not still coaching it with the Dolphins? And and uh, oh, the 53 man roster. I'm sure. And so all this stuff, I, I would like to think the Jets obviously have a professional staff of people behind the scenes in the PR. You think so? Every and, team and does, right? To say, hey, because they always give, in every sport, they give you a heads up on, on what's coming up. Hey, coach, this is what you're going to be asked. Uh, we're just watching. And usually they give them a list of stuff, and you look real quickly so you're prepared and you don't get ambushed. But Adam looked like just everything coming out was just ambushed. He started to feel comfortable. Finally goes, oh, somebody asked me a Sam Darnold. Thank you. Yep. Get off the Dolphins offense for just a second here. Because then you say stupid stuff like sacrifice stats for wins, which is. Well, that was just, that was dumb. And he'll even look back at that, I'm sure, and say there was just no no need, no reason for I will to tell you, usually, I mean, you can go with the injury thing, and, you know, a lot of people are going to say it's an excuse. Everybody gets injured in the NFL. But, but it is. But but you you can use the injury thing, and, you know, I lost some real key guys to my offense. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's bad. Like, his third down was just god-awful. It was 31st. 
total offense was 31st. I mean, they're bad numbers, and to come out and go, here, uh, let me put a halt to this real quickly. We sacrifice stats for, for wins, Oof. for close wins. And I was thinking right away, well, you're talking about all those close wins we had? Why don't you talk about getting blown out on the road? What about those? He, he talked about going to seven and six, but I didn't hear about his last three games, mm, yeah. including just getting pounded on the road by the Vikings. Yep. Start to say a bad word. Yep. Vikings and uh, and the Buffalo Bills. So it, it wasn't real pretty. And listen, everybody knows and uh, got to see it. And always curious what a guy's going to say. And he, he's just not comfortable in, the, in those situations. And interesting to see how he does with that team and where that roster is overall. I've always thought the Jets, besides having a young quarterback, had a had a pretty good football team. Anxiety. It looks like anxiety just all over him. Yes, check. He looked ambushed. Everything coming out was just ambushed. Yes, check. But how could he feel ambushed? He had to know it was coming. He's done this before. He's been a head coach. He's handled three years of press conferences. Let's just hope that when he talks to his players behind the scenes, it looks and feels a lot different than how he looked and felt up on that podium because I just can't imagine getting any type of direction from a guy like that and trying to win football games if he's that paranoid, seemingly, about everything that's being asked around him. Gase has been entrusted with trying to get the Jets back to an AFC championship game and a Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. The Chiefs and Patriots are playing for their spot of the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. And after the win over the Chargers on Sunday, Tom Brady told Tracy Wolfson that everybody thinks we suck, nobody thinks we can win, which is interesting considering the Patriots were actually the favorite in that game according to Vegas. But yes, no doubt about it, a lot of people, including myself, have felt like this is the nearing the end of the Patriots dynasty. So it's no surprise that Brady and the Patriots will use that as fuel. But is it honest? Can they really sell that inside that locker room? I mean, could the Patriots, who have been to three Super Bowls in the last four years and eight straight AFC championship games and the greatest modern dynasty in sports, can they really convince themselves that nobody believes in them? Here's Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. You can go all the way back to, I, I guess it was 2002, 2000, whatever year it was, uh, down there in New Orleans, early 2000s, and the doubt started with the Patriots then, Josh, and every time it feels like somebody's doubting the New England Patriots, they find a way to use that as motivation, and they find a way to come back and win that football game, and that's why, with everybody doubting them this week, I don't like the fact, like, that just gives them one more deal I don't think everybody's doubting with. it was the perception that everybody is doubting well, that's them all you is need, fueled though. the fire that, that's all you need stokes up everybody around them it right. starts with Tom and heck he's you know you could filter that down to his guys if you wanted to right right well that's he what just, I'm saying if he just if, go if, in the locker room and go ain't nobody believes in it really uh, it, it, and, and it started on Sunday yes. like he he yes. laid that seat on Sunday afternoon with that win with Tracy Wolfson by saying Hey, everybody thinks we suck. Nobody thinks we can win. Everybody's picking the Chiefs. And so whether or not the reality is that everybody's picking the Chiefs. Play the perception of it. They are sure. playing that perception card. And and I just, I don't need them playing that perception card because you know he's going in there all week. Nobody believes we can win. No, and how cool he was on that radio show, too. Like, I don't like a cool Tom Brady. I don't think he was cool. I think he was just waking up. 
But he was cool in that interview with Tracy Wilson. I know he was. He was. No, that one. That one sucked. That one felt. That one felt perfectly planted. And then the other one's like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta keep this thing going." And he's just, he's just on the phone, laying in bed, talking to these dudes. That's all. He just, I don't know. Then he he realized I got. Then he realized I got those. I mean, look at ESPN right now. He realized I got those guys because they're they're talking about it too. But look at what ESPN has on the screen right now. Tom Brady laments lack of respect for Patriots. So there it is. It's Tuesday. A lot of people don't think we're going to win in Kansas City. It's, it's BS. But they're playing that I card. Know. And they're it's... using that card. And I don't need the Patriots of all teams to have any more of a thing on a checklist that they're going to check off. You know what I'm saying? Like, going into this game, well, they, they think they're the better quarterback. They're the better coach. They're this, they're this. Oh, nobody thinks we can win. Okay, fine. Let's go out there and prove them wrong. Like, yes, I, don't, I, I don't want Tom Brady believing it. <laughs> believing it and feeling like it's Tom Brady versus the world and we're going to go shove the world a big poop burger. You know, I don't need that. I don't want that coming out of New England right now. And that's what already is starting out of New England right now, that nobody thinks we can win. Nobody believes in us. Everybody's picking the Chiefs, and the world thinks we suck. You know what, guys? Let's go show the world that they're wrong. And Bill Self uses it all the time, and we mock him too. And the number one overall seed is the Kansas Jayhawks. We get no respect. We we got a bad bracket. We were only the we, you know, we were the, we were only the second number one. And yeah, we got I pushed in a bad bracket. Yeah, I mean, no one can, no one thinks we can win. Like, no, one, no one thinks we can win the Big Twelve. Blah blah blah. Teams yeah. do that all the time, and whether or not it's true. It doesn't matter. It's what they believe in. Right now, the New England Patriots believe the world is against them. Nobody thinks they can win, and now they're out to prove the world wrong. And I just don't want that. I don't need that going into the game this week. I want the Patriots to be confident that they're going to win, and everybody picks the Patriots, and the Chiefs go out there, and they surprise everybody and beat the Patriots. I don't need the Patriots playing this card and having that boom, ace in the hole, where they just boom, put it out there, and they use that as the reason why they were able to win and go to, to mention, I think. I think... One, it's false, and two, he's feeding it because he's getting he's getting people to buy it. Look, whatever works for the Patriots, whatever works for anybody as motivation, God bless. And if that is what the Patriots need to try to fuel themselves in this game to get that extra little edge, so be it. But let's face it, that is just such silliness to play the nobody believes in us card. I mean, you've won the AFC East for about seventy-five years in a row. You're always a buy. You always are in the AFC title game. You just won two Super Bowls in the last five years. Stop selling that you are the little engine that could. It's a joke. Come on. Just kind of what's, you know, generally said about our team. Jedi mind tricks for the New England Patriots. So let's talk about the weather coming up in this game. Arrowhead Stadium is supposedly set for an Arctic blast on Sunday. It's going to be a 5.30 local kick Kansas City time, which means all of this game will be played at night when the sun goes down, and it will already have been a frigid, cold day when the sun was up. Bill Romanowski played for the Broncos for a number of years. He has played at Arrowhead Stadium when it was cold, very, very cold. And he joined San Diego's 97.3 and Dan Cilio's show. And he talked about Arrowhead Stadium having played there before and the type of energy and crowd that they're going to expect when the Patriots come in on Sunday. If you're the Chiefs, home field advantage means what to you going into this football game? You know, the noise is going to be a factor. It just is. When you're an Arrowhead, I don't care who you are. 
that noise is deafening, and it's deafening on defense, and it's deafening on offense. I've never in my life heard anything like it anywhere. You know, the Superdome is close, but I tell you what, it's not like being in Kansas City. Here's the key to the game is literally what the Chiefs have to be able to do is outscore the Patriots. And, the, you know, people are going to say, oh, the, that, oh, of course, that's common sense. Well, guess what? The Chiefs don't have a really strong defense. They got a really strong offense. So going into this game, I just look at it is they have to they have to outscore and that's not gonna be easy because when it comes to playoff time, that's where Bill Belichick is at his best and they are gonna do what they have to do to contain Mahomes. And the key to this game is stopping Mahomes and having this young quarterback not light up the show this weekend. Bill, you were at the Coliseum. Did you feel the energy in the building like the old days, man, when you used to play there at the Los Angeles Coliseum for the Rams? I mean, it surely looked great on TV. Did you feel the environment? Oh, it was unreal. That old – I mean, I got to tell you, it's an old, rickety, cement stadium that is nostalgic. Being there, I have to, as a fan, I, I was in awe, and it was awesome. And I was like, wow, I actually used to do that. <laughs> Man, this is pretty cool. And then now I get to experience it as, as a fan to go to that game. And it was it was a heck of a football game. The Ram, the Rams were what did it for the Rams was their running game, and I think that's going to be the difference when they play the Saints. If they can run the football like they did against Dallas, I think they can beat the Saints. What's the difference from a divisional one, a wild card game, and a Super Bowl? What's the difference? Because here, here, and the reason I ask this, you know, there's one more game out there. Yeah, you got to kind of temper yourself away from that game. How, how different is a conference championship game compared to the rest? Well, you have to realize, if you win, you go to the Super Bowl. So there's that much at stake. So bottom line, it's you just cannot leave any stones unturned in your preparation, in getting ready for this game. And that's what's going to be going on. That's what's so awesome about it. You said it before the show, the four best teams in the NFL are in the conference championship. That's what I love about the game of football. Because usually there's a there's a there's a wild card in there excuse the pun but there's a team that has kind of a fluke game that can get into it and make a last series run but that's not the case the four best teams are playing this week hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I've been to Arrowhead before. I've sat in those stands. I've been in that press box. I've been out there with the tailgate and the barbecue is being smoked and the beer's on ice. And man, I'll tell you, there is no better sporting experience in my mind At least nothing that tops that. How it feels when it's negative 7 degrees. I don't know if you're sitting on your hand there or if you can even get loud. But I'll tell you, it is an amazing town and an amazing sports city and an amazing fan base. And you can be sure that there is so much excitement for the Chiefs to finally win the Lamar Hunt Trophy as the AFC champions at home at Arrowhead Stadium. They've never even hosted an AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. They've never won the Lamar Hunt Trophy. The last time they were in the Super Bowl, it was not the Lamar Hunt Trophy. So it's amazing what history has been like in a stadium and for a franchise where they haven't actually been able to capitalize on that. We'll see if they're able to do it coming up here on Sunday. On the NFC side of things, the New Orleans Saints don't have to deal with the cold or the wind or the snow nor do they have to deal with a potential future quarterback in his prime. Maybe Jared Goff gets there one day, but not right now. The Los Angeles Rams will be inside the Superdome in New Orleans, and the question is, will the Rams try to pull a page out of their playbook from last week? Against the Cowboys, they had two 100-yard rushers. Will they try to do the same thing again against the New Orleans Saints? Former Saints wide receiver Lance Moore joined WWL in the Big Easy, and discuss the game plan for Los Angeles. Lance, uh, in the first game against the Rams, the Rams had Cooper Cup. Uh, Then he got hurt, and I think that sort of changed Sean McVay's philosophy in that I think Jared Goff trusted that Cooper would get open. He was great in that short, intermediate area of the field, moved the chains, Um, I look at the Rams, they don't have anybody in his area code that can do it like what Cup could. Uh, Cooks is a blow-the-top-off coverage type guy. But it changed them to be more of a running team. And now you see Gurley and whatever he is, if he's 75, 80%. But now they got C.J. Anderson, who has bounced around this league. And if he stepped on a scale, I think the first two digits would be 2-8 when he sees it on, on the scale. <laughs> so uh, that, that changed from the first time they played the Rams in that I think that he had that security guy in Cup who's not there, but McVay was able to change it, and they became more of a running team as the season went along. Well, I mean, that's what great teams do. I mean, they're able to adjust when they have injuries or somebody that is important to the offense like a Cooper Cup. I, I think they've put – Robert Woods in, in the position that Cooper Cup was in, and he's been playing really well. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you got a guy like Todd Gurley, even if he's not 100%, um, they're going to ride that horse. And, and obviously being able to bring in C.J. Anderson, I think I think 280 is a little aggressive. I, I thought you were going to say 25, so maybe 250. I could see that. But, I mean, you know, this guy came basically out of nowhere off the street and has had 100 yards every single game he's played for these guys. So, um, Sean McVay's a, a smart coach, and, and he knows that his bread is buttered with, with the running game. Um, I don't know that they'll necessarily want to get in a, a passing shootout with Drew um, come Sunday. I, I think they know that 
the success of their teams, especially the success of their offense, rides um, on, on the heads of those running backs. So I think we'll see more of the same this week. Hopefully our number two ranked rush defense is ready for the challenge. Lance, you, you've seen Michael Thomas, and just your impressions of him uh, as a player where, you know, he, he's not a, a diva receiver. He's not asking for all the attention. And yet, you look at numbers the first three years, dwarfs everybody that's ever played in this league for the first three years in the league. How dominant he is, and yet you see defenses week in, week out, trying to do everything to scheme up to take him away. Your impressions as a former receiver to see the, the progress in, in Mike Thomas the last three years? Well, I mean, obviously what he's doing is, is unprecedented. I mean, he's setting records, it seems like, every season, and, and obviously he's setting a, a ton of team records. He'll probably have all of them by the time it's all said and done. And, and I, I think that, the, you know, Drew is a guy that doesn't discriminate. He doesn't care who gets the ball in any given play as long as he's progressing down the field and, and getting the ball to the right guy. Um, but Sean, I mean, Sean and Pete Carmichael and Joe Lombardi and, and Drew as well, they do a great job of moving Mike around and getting him in the position to make plays. And, and um, you know, fortunately for us, he's, he's made a ton of those, and especially in, in, in huge moments. And um, it's a credit to, to the work that those guys do. I mean, Drew and, and Mike, I saw them a couple of times here in San Diego in the offseason. Um, there's a reason why they're that good each and every Sunday, because they put in the work behind the scenes. And um, obviously everybody gets to enjoy the, the fruits of their labor on Sundays. And hopefully we'll keep this thing going. You can bet that the Rams are going to try to hammer the run because it's the perfect way to try to keep the crowd at bay. Long drives, keeping the explosive Saints offense off of the field and trying to just quiet down what can normally be an insane asylum. After the way that they ran against the Cowboys, you can absolutely be certain they're going to try to run, but the dangerous part about that Rams offense is they can score a lot of different ways. But you know, coming out of the C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurley, double century mark against the Cowboys, Sean McVay would be crazy not to at least try to establish the run in this game. And finally, big news in the NFL draft circle. Kyler Murray, who was drafted in the top 10 by the Oakland Athletics in the Major League Baseball draft, has declared for the NFL draft. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to ignore baseball, but it's a first step towards that. And so what happens now? Well, it's both sides trying to market. It's Major League Baseball and the Oakland Athletics trying to convince him that they can break him into the superstardom mainstream and that it's the heartstrings of football where I think he's always wanted to play. Let's listen in to Sacramento where the Rise guys on ESPN 1320 discuss the options of Murray. So Kyler Murray has entered his name in the NFL draft. He still has 72 hours during which he could choose to pull out. And the A's have his rights for a while. NFL teams get the rights to players for only one year. Do you remember who drafted Bo Jackson in the NFL before the Raiders ended mm-hmm. up with him? No. Tampa Bay. And he didn't want to go there. Really? But they, they drafted him, and then they, a year later they lost his rights. Okay. Yeah. But uh, the A's will have his rights. His rights convey. Yes. So in if he wants to, if I'm not mistaken, he he his baseball rights. That's right. They're the organization that he would negotiate with if he decided he wanted to try to um, re-enter the baseball world at some point. If he goes off and plays football, Tebow's situation was different in that he hadn't played baseball since high school, so he wasn't drafted, and he therefore he could go ahead and pick his situation. He he 
if a number of teams were interested in Tebow, he could have just picked the organization, you know, like any free agent, um, where he thought he had the best shot. Deion Sanders played both, but he says Kyler Murray is not going to be able to play both football and baseball. He's a quarterback, so all bets are off. Bo, turn around handing the ball. He do what he does. Me, just put me on the corner. And tell me who I got. I don't even need to see no plays. Just send me 16 pitches. I got 16 guys. I can handle my business. Brian Jordan, the same way, he's a ferocious safety. Quarterbacks can't do that. You got to be in it. You can't jump in midway and say, oh, I'm here. I could jump off a plane and come and cover. Bo could just jump, jump off the diamond and come and give it to him 25 times. Quarterbacks, you don't have that luxury. You're the leader. You got to have chemistry with your receivers. You got to be there 100% of the time in season and out. So it's a little tougher for a quarterback to try to do so. It's impossible. And no NFL team would draft him thinking that he would play baseball at all. If there was any hint that he wanted to play baseball, an NFL team would just pass. So that's not it. It's either or. If football's involved at all, then it's an either or conversation. And we're really we're talking numbers and they matter. But it is true that Kyler Murray's, if his true desire is to play football, you know, that's something Billy Bean can't negotiate, and no MLB marketer can make that right. Mm. You know, it's it's if if what he really wants is to play football, and clearly he he's he has chosen football over baseball at every turn in his life. There's a great piece in on the Athletic about that. And every every opportunity he's ever been given to choose football over baseball, he's chosen football. So I think the A's are up against it now. But to take it back to last summer, you know, I think there's a chance that they thought we're going to do this for him because it's important to him. And we'll just deal with it. You know, he'll play with us for the summer and then he'll go play football mm-hmm. and we'll just deal with it. Kyler Murray has good options and he has good options because he's a quarterback. He knows there's going to be money there. I mean, let's face it. If he gets beyond that rookie contract, there's going to be massive cash for him because of the position that he plays in the NFL. And yes, while he would have to potentially suffer injuries in a physical sport, baseball, you don't really get your riches until much farther down the road. You might have a longer career, but in football as a quarterback, you can be star, star dumb, wealth and winning and the leader of your franchise right away, something that baseball simply can't promise. We wait and we watch the next month or so before baseball teams report to spring training and the NFL combine. That's going to be the break point to what Kyler Murray ultimately decides to do. That is the best in your sports talk, and this has been Around the Dial for January the 15th, a Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 